you said you'd come. Lawrence, hope you're not too late. We know each other. He's a friend from work. Hello, good evening, everybody. Uh, welcome to episode 33 of the Wulong Talks podcast. Uh, my name is Jason, and as always, I'm joined by the two cohorts that always come along for the ride with me. Uh, we've got the Mank Geek joining us from Manchester. Mank Geek, what's up? What's up? How are you doing? Good evening, good morning, afternoon, whatever, whatever else, whatever time it is, wherever you are, hello. <laughs> <laughs> and we've got Rich Reviews on the other side of London. Rich Reviews, what's up, man? Hey there, what's happening? Cool, cool. Yeah, it's good to be back. Good to have everybody back um, on the podcast again. Uh, for the last podcast that I put out, I think was um, another review um, podcast that I've been doing. I've, I've been doing a couple of these now. Um, and I did one for Jigsaw, the movie. So if you want to go and um, check that out, go ahead and subscribe to our iTunes uh, or to our Stitcher or Acast, and you'll be able to find it there. You can also find it on our SoundCloud page. But I'll tell you how to find all of that kind of stuff um, later on. So guys, how you been this week? All right? Anybody been up to anything good? Uh, um, okay, go ahead. Oh, well, I was just about to say I was, I was good. I was thinking of buying Farscape on Blu-ray, but because it's out of print, uh, the only copies that are available are really expensive, like two hundred pounds. So that's a no-no. Oh, well, oh. is it out of print actually? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, this is the thing. You can you can still get it, but it's good. It's sky high on Amazon right. just because. Yeah, they, they must be out of print because hmm. otherwise it wouldn't be that expensive. But but yeah, you're talking. I think the DVD was around the two hundred pound mark. The DVD I think was more expensive than the Blu-ray. But then Peacekeeper Wars, which was a miniseries, is only like four pounds. Hmm. So hmm. it's just like what you know what I mean? Why aren't you cheaper? Yeah, that might have to be a CEX job, man. See if you can get that second hand or something. Yeah, I didn't even think of that to be honest. I'm sure. I'm sure. In fact, in fact, I've actually seen Farscape um, in CEX before. Well, I mean, not recently, but I, I, I do remember seeing it there before. Mm. That's a fucking. Un, that's a. That's a classic. It's totally man. underrated. <laughs> yeah, well, totally. You know, it's yeah, rated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how adult it was. Like when I was watching it on BBC back in the day, they must have yeah. got the best stuff out of it. I didn't even yeah, realize. Did. Like, it must, yeah, they did. Like, yeah. Mental. Yeah, because I, I think they started doing. Then they started doing the whole thing they did of Buffy. Where they were showing episodes at like a watershed episode, and then I think they showed another episode later on at night. I'm sure they did that with a couple of, like with um, Farscape at some point as well. Hmm. Yeah, I think they did. I mean, I mean, I remember um, Farscape being edited quite heavily for TV over here as well. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it, unfortunately, it was ahead of its time in that regard. I suppose nowadays, if it, um, you know, you would get it in its entirety on a streaming service like Netflix or, or Amazon, you know, it'd be uncensored. But um, yeah, I guess <laughs> back in the day when Farscape came out, there, there weren't really much options, was there? For, Here's a bit of trivia um, regarding Farscape. Um, I don't know if you guys saw, I, I saw this on the internet. I didn't even recognize him when I was watching the film, so I'm, I'm, I was pretty pissed at myself about that. But did you see Ben Bowden in um, Guardians of the Galaxy 2? No. no. What, he was in it. Yeah, so 
Yeah, he's in it. So Ben, uh, obviously Ben, to the people who are out there who don't know Farscape, he's like, Ben Bowden played, uh, what's the guy's name? John Crichton. John Crichton, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he was, the, he was the main, the main character in the TV show. But he's one of the, um, one of the, what's the race of the golden people in Gardens of the Galaxy 2? I can't remember what they're called. Oh, uh, oh, I've forgotten the name of them now. Um, sovereign. The Sovereign. That's, that's, it, that's it. Yeah, the Sovereign. But basically, he's the main... Yeah, he's the, he's the main sovereign alongside the, the chick's name or the, the lady's name. I can't remember. But I think he's the last one that's meant to be kind of like the super gamer. And, and he's the last one left when he's chasing the guardians. And then, and, and then basically he tanks out. Or like he might be the person that leads the attack when they come towards the end or something. But, um, but yeah, because he's apparently he's meant to be really good friends with James Gunn. No way. Yeah, because well, James Gunn, I mean, like, yeah, like he, he, he's... um. He's done his rounds as well, hasn't he? Obviously, yeah. coming off like them, the, the other guy that he, yeah, the trauma, yeah. So, okay, interesting. Well, there you know, go. Please. A little bit of um, trivia information. So, the next time you've got a pub quiz, um, <laughs> you know what to do, man. Yeah, call me. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, that's it. It's been a little while since we've been around, so um, there has been a few goings on, things like that, um, in the movie business and so we'll, we'll get to the news but obviously this week's episode is going to be focused mainly on gaming because we had a uh, Paris Games Week uh, a couple of weeks ago and we had some big announcements from that so we're going to go through a couple of those games and, and talk a bit about uh, gaming in general um, and we also put out the question of the week as well which is always fun and we had a good response to it this week so um, we'll get to that towards the end of the show. Um, but firstly, for the news bits, um, we had two little uh, nuggets that I picked out. I mean, there was one rumor that was flying around. Um, I wasn't sure whether you guys wanted to talk about it or not briefly, but um, I'm sure you heard it, that there was this rumor going about that Disney were potentially going to buy um, Fox Entertainment um, from uh, 20th Century Fox, so not necessarily buy uh 20th century fox as a, as a company but by their their library and their entertainment library um so the internet was quickly kind of doing rounds and then pitching you know ideas for fantastic four and x-men and all of these things kind of coming into the mcu but apparently the word around the campfire now is that the deal's dead um it did seem to me like a, a bit of a a weird one in in a sense that whilst it was a good idea on on paper um because you know they'd be able to get as i said access to marvel characters and, and things like that um it kind of sounded like disney was turning into some well they already are but they you know they were going to turn into like a, a monopoly basically that just had its tentacles in every bloody thing in the entertainment industry which you know can have its good benefits and its and its bad benefits or its um negative impacts so um yeah to, to ask you guys quickly i mean what did you think about the news did you take it seriously or did you think nah this is never going to happen um rich i'll start with you um yeah i thought it was too good to be true to be honest um i mean it, it would be good for marvel to to reacquire like you know whatever fox has um and i know that not marvel have have let, i mean especially recently they've been talking about how they were, I mean, taking that little digs. I know um, Mark Ruffalo had a little, made a little joke um, in regards to, I think, to Universal and to Fox, like, so to other companies that, that, that own some of the franchises or some of the characters. But um, I'm not sure how easy it would have been to maybe bring things like the mutants into 
like the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Would it would it be? I mean, obviously they could like just maybe set it as like a, a separate thing, mm. but as a good idea to bring it in. I'm not sure if I'd even want to see the Fantastic Four mm. in 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 the in the Avengers in well, well not in Avengers in the MCU. Mm. I'm I'm pretty happy with how it is now because because mm. you just can't bring them in as a side character. Mm. That's the thing. Yeah, like so Fantastic Four. Yeah, like you can't mutants. You can't do that. Um. And then you're gonna have to get on. With, I mean, then you're gonna have to deal with the whole thing of like casting all of the X Men again, or or you're gonna bring the X Men uh, characters that they've already used. Mm. Um, yeah, I I just think it's one of those things where it's like maybe at a later date it, it it would work, but right now to have it to maybe well to bring it into what we already know, it was too much headache. Mm. Mm. Too much headache. Yeah, yeah, and that's not even to begin to talk about the legal ramifications. Oh Jesus! Well, yeah, the amount of flipping legal paperwork and gymnastics that would have to be done to to sort something like that out is is mad mm. like, i mean that's why they haven't had any deal with fox in the first place is because of, of of how complicated the um the ownership issues are with regards to um fox owning certain characters and and disney uh, owning certain others you know sorry you know, sorry to interrupt um yeah. but uh just this just then this is like brand new of the press is like seconds ago news. Oh, uh, so Ryan Johnson is yeah. returning to Star Wars universe uh, to do a new trilogy of movies. Um, yes. So I, I don't I don't know as to whether this is uh, 10, 11, 12 or a different a spin-off trilogy, but he's doing mm. a new trilogy. Like I'm, I'm literally just looking at the news now and he's he's kind of like gonna gonna head it all apparently at, uh, at Lucasfilm. Oh, wow. Okay. I'm happy. I'm so I'm so happy with that news. Like I'm I'm yeah. I haven't even seen obviously Star Wars episode nine um, episode eight yet. But yeah, I'm happy with that, man. I think it's yeah. it's good, like to have somebody just at least spearhead the whole thing instead of keep on giving it to different people. Like, I think I, I don't. I'm not saying that it, that that wouldn't work. But at least with somebody like Ryan Johnson, if he gets this one right, then you know what, just leave it to him instead of having like, you know. JJ do this one, Ryan. I mean, the last one. Then Ryan do this one. Then JJ do this one, and the next one, and then somebody else does like then other characters do trilogies. Sometimes it just doesn't flow. It doesn't flow as well. I think so. Um, yeah, I'm I'm happy with um with, with that news to be honest. Okay, uh, where did that come from, Alf? Literally just on Twitter now, and I just followed the link to the, the Star Wars uh Star Wars dot com, and uh, and yeah, all the news was there, and they were just saying that yeah, an all new. I have no idea what an all new trilogy means, but that's pretty much all the information that I had. There's no information as to when it will take place, who's going to be in it, or whatever. Like, but fucking hell, that's okay. Jeez, I kind of like more well, Star Disney, Wars on the way, man. Disney did say they were they they're, <laughs> they're riding that 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 Star Wars gravy train all the way to to, to the end of the line because hmm. they've got plans apparently to keep making Star Wars movies for the next ten years. So. But what was it? Wasn't the original? Or wasn't one at one point? Lucas saying that he wants it was meant to be like, oh yeah, well yeah, he's done that already, hasn't he? So the prequels, uh, the, the other ones, and then and then these ones, hmm. yeah. So it was always, it was always meant to be like hmm. nine parts. So oh, okay, cool, yeah, fair enough. This new generation coming along could uh, hmm. be the spearhead of a new trilogy. Yeah, I'd, I'd, yeah, I'd like that. I'd be happy with that, man. Hmm. Okay, cool. Well, you got that fresh off the press, listeners. So um, thanks, uh, Big A, for that. Um, so yeah, yeah, we'll, I'm sure we'll be discussing that in, in the coming weeks when more details uh, become available. So we'll have a listen to that. And so listen out for that as well. Um, other news that we can quickly go over as well. Uh, let's see. Yes. Um, so we had 
some casting news from Warner Brothers DC. Um, it was recently announced that uh, Zachary Levi, who uh, was most people will probably remember him as Chuck from the TV show Chuck. Um, he has been cast as Shazam in the Shazam adaptation. Um, guys, do you, do you have any thoughts on this? I personally don't have any strong feelings one way or another because Shazam's never been a character that I've been that uh, interested in. Um, but he seemed like, I suppose, a, a, an interesting choice in the sense that they haven't just, you know, because Shazam is quite a physically big character, they haven't just gone for some meathead. They've obviously gone for somebody who can, um, who can act a bit as well. Uh, but did you boys have any thoughts, um, Alvin? Uh, well, I mean, he's obviously got the comedic chops, uh, so I think he can bring like energy to the role of uh, of being well Billy Batson, which is really. Yeah, a kid in a man's body when he becomes Shazam. So uh, yeah, I think he's, he's capable of doing it. Obviously, just get him in the gym and that, and then. Hello. Oh, have we lost a Mac geek there? No. Well, oh, did you not hear me? Uh, no, no, you went quiet. No, yeah, yeah, oh, you, yeah. You, you said good, and you said good, good, and that's what you ended on. Or is yeah, that what you yeah, that's what I ended on. Yeah. Oh, oh sorry. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. No, Alvin, listen. No, no. Okay. No, 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 no. Alvin, we've been doing this long enough now. So you got to try. You got to try lead us in to let us know that you finished. Yeah. So there's no pauses, bro. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, I thought, thought jobs are good in it. That's the end of the sentence. That was the same period, innit? You know, American period. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Or you can, or you can do a Rob explain. Go and yeah. <laughs> he does that all the time he does that mid-sentence as well just thinking it he's thinking of saying that but yeah yeah anyway get him in the gym fucking and jobs are good in it done okay cool um rich yeah yeah i'd be i'm i'm interested in seeing it just because obviously it's 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 going to be you know a film based off a comic book um i haven't read any shazam for years i mean not since being like probably in my twenties, and it, and it was okay. Um, the casting of Zachary Levi or Zachary Levi. Um, yeah, well, he needs another job after being after being killed off in fucking Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> so, so sorry. Did, he Did he even say a line, or was it just like boom, dead? No, no, no. I, I think like, I think he said something. Yeah, like, he hey, who are you? Yeah, he said. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and then like that was it. It was cold, man. He, he they did him dirty, man. <laughs> yeah, but but you know for a fact he, he read that script and it was like fuck you, Marvel. <laughs> yeah, and he had, he had his phone speed dial DC. Like <laughs> he was, you know, he was like, you know, he was like, he was like the jilted girl. Wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you won't believe what they've done to me, man. <laughs> like, and DC be like, it's okay. Come like come around to my house. It's cool. Come and chill. Wasn't it? <laughs> Let's just talk. He's like, we're just gonna talk, yeah, yeah, just talk. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, but uh, I mean, uh, uh, I mean, I'd be interested. Uh, I'm interested in seeing it, um, because it because they've also cast Billy Batson as well, haven't they? They yeah, have. Some, so, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they've cast him. So I'm interested to see what 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 you know, how this is gonna fit into the DC, into the DC EU. Is it DC expanded? What's it called again? Yeah, what, DC what they EU. Called? That's right. Yeah. Listen, yeah. Yeah. Like, the, yeah. We, don't even get caught up in the terminology because <laughs> at, at, at Warner Brothers, it's not even called the DCEU and they don't know where that came from. So Wait, it's, what? It's not called that? Yeah, so it's no longer... Really? Extended universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was the whole so thing. where did that come from? Like, they, then people don't know what they're doing. But anyway, yeah. Wow. <laughs> but sorry, yeah, go, uh, go ahead and finish your point, Rich. 
Oh, yeah, no, so, so I'd be interested in seeing where they're going to go, but, um, but also where it's going to fit in. Where, I mean, where, where, will it, where will it fit into the DCEU? Let's just call it that anyway. Because um, obviously, I mean, do we need, do we even need another character similar to Superman? I mean, they're going to they're gonna have to take a, a really, really different spin on it to make him completely different to the Superman character. And, yeah, yeah. But also at the same time, be able to go against a character like Black Adam, who's a very, very dark character. Hmm. So I, I don't know. Like I said, I'm interested, but then I look at the idea, and then once again, I see the people at Warner Brothers maybe jumping the gun again. I'm not thinking things 100 percent through. That that's that's what it feels like to me. I I, I don't know. Like I I don't I don't I can't see the reason why they would want to bring Captain Marvel to the screen or Shazam, sorry. Um, before other characters who you know would clearly sell, like not to be bad or anything, as much as Ryan Reynolds' um, Green Lantern film got a bad rap, after what's happened since then, like you know for a fact you you cast that you cast those characters and right, and you get a, a good director, good script, the film will sell. It would, I, I personally think it would. The way how Green Lantern's been killing it in the comic books for fucking years, um, so to get a character like Shazam and put him out there. I don't know. It was like, like I said, it's like I didn't ask for King Arthur movie. I didn't ask for not a Tarzan movie. Yeah, and uh, and, I, and I, I've I've never heard anybody in a com in the when I go to comic book store say, "Hey, you know what I'd like to see a fucking Shazam film." <laughs> like no. <laughs> so yeah, so I'd be interested to see where they're gonna go. Am I excited? No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. That's fair enough, man. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, so yeah, uh, listeners, we'll wait and see what develops with uh, the Shazam movie. It already has a director. I think the guy who did um, Annabelle and Annabelle Creation um, is doing this. Uh, although he insists that it's not a horror tone to this uh, movie, that it's going to be um, more of a light-hearted film. And, um, I guess you kind of have to, given the origins of the character as well, you can't really play that too straight because uh, uh, nobody's going to buy that. Um, so yeah, I guess we just have to wait and see how, what, what develops with that movie. Um, and the last bit of big news was a big bombshell from um, the comic book industry. Uh, the news is that the writer, the creator um, of many, many uh, characters over at Marvel Comics, Brian Michael Bendis, uh, will be leaving Marvel to join DC. Um, you guys have been kind of keeping up with comics more than I have lately. so. Um, I'll let you guys say your piece on this. Um, but, you know, my initial reaction was like, crap, like, how, how did this happen? You know, like Bendis for so many years has been Mr. Marvel um, in terms of the comic books. He's he's worked on, you know, some of the biggest event books that they've had over the last decade. Um, he's created brand new characters. He's reinvented and reinvigorated some of the older characters that they've had. Um, and you know, I mean, people will have their own opinions on on things like Civil War Two and things like that. But yeah, I mean, this has surely got to be a blow for Marvel. Um, so yeah, your your thoughts, um, Rich? Um, uh, me personally, like I said, not saying that he's not any good anymore, but I think Bendis has burnt out. I don't think he's done anything like amazing for for a good little while. For as in like a good few years, um, I find I, I find I find it I find it weird. Well, I find it funny, should I say, that like um, they've taken Bendis from the comic books 
and put and then put him on there. Whereas like fucking Marvel, that's where Marvel are really seem that really seem to be having their problems at this very moment in time. Um, so for them to let him go, it surprised me that he went to DC, but it hasn't surprised me in such a way because I've seen quite a few other writers start to take up the reins of like the the Marvel the Marvel Comics universe. And like, so you've got people like Jason Aaron and Jonathan Hickman, who, but slowly but surely in the past few years, they've been using these writers to craft the, the Marvel comic, the Marvel comics verse, um, a lot better and make it a lot more cohesive. Um, for, especially for people that are, people knew that are coming to comic books. Um, I think it will be good for Bendis, um, to basically go to DC and to be able to do with, deal with something new that he hasn't touched before and to add his flair to it. Cause I, cause like I said, I think that, you know, after everything that he's done in Marvel, I think he's, he's just reached, he reached that point where he couldn't do anymore and he just, and he just felt burnt out. So um, it, it'll be interesting. I, I want to see what characters they're, they're going to give him and, and what, and what, you know, how much control they're going to get, they're going to give to him as well. Cause you've got, you've got writers in, on DC, like Scott Snyder, Jeff Johns, between the two of them, they've kind of got things on lock at the very, this very moment in time. So I want, I'd like to see what he fits in there. Is he just going to be like a small part-time player and just deal with like characters that haven't really, you know, been popular for X amount of years and, you know, do like a, what he did with Luke Cage, maybe bring in some new characters like Jessica Jones. It, it's interesting. Like, I, I like the fact that it's, it's kind of like, you know, changing the game a bit and making things a bit more, making things, giving us a bit of a surprise. Okay. Uh, Alvin, how about you, man? Yeah, I thought it was an interesting move, man, because A, I didn't expect it, and B, like, I couldn't imagine him really wanting to let go of characters like uh, Miles Morales and Riri Williams and stuff like that. Um, so I was kind of like, because I, I got the impression that kind of like those characters and like Jessica Jones and whatnot were kind of like his babies. Um, mm. But but yeah, like Rich was saying, man, like I remember I was having a conversation a while back saying, yeah, he's, it seems like he'd, he'd been burnt out by writing too many books because he was on he's on a lot of books all at once at the same time and that mm. that can't be good but dc must have come in with a sick offer mm. like, you know what I, I need to change things up but it'll be interesting to see as to how his writing style um and the way he writes dialogue how that will translate to a dc book it's going to be really interesting to see as to what dc book they put him on me personally because he has more of a lighter tone uh i think would be good on a team book but not just this league um i think a different a different team or a random team um or even a brand new team of characters um well a brand new team made up of characters that already exist in the uh in the dc universe uh perhaps but um put him on anything like superman or batman straight away or anything like that i, I think it'll be uh something smaller but they'll still still obviously pay him the good monies the good books um but uh but yeah man it was uh it was it was definitely interesting and uh, i i am actually really waiting to see as to as to what he brings to the table for them because they obviously poached him for a reason so we'll, yeah, we'll, yeah. i guess we'll see as to what that reason will be in the next I don't, well, probably six months or something like that, because it's currently a story on um on uh, Miles Morales Spider Man. Um, that's uh, just had its like first part, so I'm guessing he's going to finish that before he does like actually start with DC, or or that would at least be in the process of being finished um, by the time he moves to DC and then obviously goes to print maybe afterwards or or what have you. But um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see how how he wraps things up 
and as, as to who's going to take over the books that he's writing. So who's going to take over uh, Invincible Iron Man with Ironheart? And, uh, you know, is, is Ironheart going to get her own book when Tony Stark comes back? If so, who's going to write it? Who's going to take over Miles Morales? Who's going to take over all his all the babies he leaves behind? Mm -hmm. And also, an uh, interesting thing to note as well is um, he was served as a consultant on a lot of um, the Netflix TV shows. Uh, so presumably that means he won't be consulting on those anymore. Um, will DC now try to use his experience in TV um, to maybe have a look at some of the things they're doing on television and, and see, it, you know, what ways they can be changed or improved or, or anything like that? So, yes, yeah, another one of those. Well, the permutations are um, are interesting, so we'll have to wait and see, I suppose, what happens with that. Well, cool. Anyway, thanks, uh, guys, for going through the news with me. So that's all the news done. Um, let's jump on into the main belly of the beast uh, for this week's podcast, which was uh, all about gaming. Um, this past couple of weeks, we had the Paris Games Week take place uh, in Paris, duh, um, which is usually like the big kind of platform that Sony use uh, for announcing developments with PlayStation games and, and things like that. Um, so there was a lot of news that, that came out of that, and we got some new trailers for, for different games and things like that. Uh, the standout games, well, the ones that people really seem to be talking about the most, was uh, Marvel Spider-Man adaptation. Um, we also had uh, Detroit uh, Become Human, which was a big one that came out as well. Um, God of War has a new game out, um, and there's a new trailer for that, and then The Last of Us Part Two. Um, which was pretty hard hitting as well. Um, but we'll go through the, the bigger ones first. There were some other ones as well. Um, there was the Ghost of Tsushima, which is supposed to be like a kind of samurai game um, coming out. Uh, it looked all right, but uh, it kind of looked a little bit like Neo, to be honest. So I was like, yeah, I'm not too sure about that. But definitely those were the standout ones, really. So we'll we'll jump through those quickly. We'll start with Spider-Man. Um, and no, when we spoke about it, guys, you guys were quite impressed with the trailer. Um, what were the things that kind of stood out for you, really, in terms of um, the way that trailer worked and stuff like that? Um, Alvin, you can go first. If you want. Uh, well, the trailer was highly cinematic, um, so I, I couldn't... I mean, although I'd seen the gameplay from uh, E3, which did look pretty cool, um, it, it, felt, it kind of felt like I was watching a movie trailer. It's like I almost forgot that it was a game. Um, but yeah, it definitely focused on cinematics more than gameplay. Uh, I think it's interesting as to how they've gone for a, a bit of a, not only a different look to the suit, but a slightly older Peter. Uh, and also they're, they're bringing Miles into this as well. Um, and I wonder if he's going to play into the story in some way. Maybe at the end of the game, he'll get bitten by a spider. Who the hell knows? But yeah, I think it's, um, I think it's got a potential to be, be a really good game. I mean, as a, as an Xbox owner, I am quite jealous every time I see footage uh, of that game. But I just hope it's not um, it's not linear. If it's like too linear with its like level design and that, uh, and it's kind of like Arkham style fighting and stuff like that, then I, I, it could fail in that way. But I think it will it will make money either way, and I think it has like people are already interested it's like they didn't really have to do much apart from produce a good trailer in order to really get people on board which i think to be honest i think everyone who owns a playstation 4 is going to get this mm -hmm. yeah i think that the, for me the one thing that um the, the one kind of 
um, caveat I had for the trailer because I thought the trailer was awesome. But yeah, I think the same as you, I'm a bit like I want to see a bit more gameplay um, because yeah, I don't, I don't want it to fall in the Batman Arkham series trap of, of becoming repetitive, which was what kind of put me off of that series in the end. Um, you know, it, it just felt like it was too much of the same thing again and again. Um, and hopefully it's not, as you said, it's not too linear and it doesn't feel, um, you know, it feels more kind of open world. It feels more complex and it feels like you can do more things with the Spider-Man character because that's one of the appeals of, of the character is his kind of agility and his ability to kind of um, manipulate himself and, and the space around him. So if they can find a way to capture that in, in the game, um, which is certainly done in that trailer, uh, then yeah, you well, you're gonna get my sixty quid, I think. Um, Rich, how about you, man? Anything that stood out to you? Listen, that that sixty pounds is there sitting, is waiting for it already. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys are laughing because I stole it out your wallets, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that shit. Was like, <laughs> um, uh, I mean, I've I've actually seen game. I don't know if you guys, you guys, I take it you've only seen um trailer footage i've seen gameplay footage of it okay yeah we've seen the gameplay e3 was gameplay footage. Um, yeah, e3 did bring out some gameplay the, but we're okay, not seeing so, any so, new so, ones in the trailer in it no 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 so someone to say so there's 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 have you guys seen that short um gameplay footage where it's about eight minutes long yeah that's the where e3 you see one. him going where, where he's going through the what's it called and then at the end you have to chase the helicopter yeah that's the e3 footage yeah okay 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 no no because they, no, they released a new trailer as well where it was, it was a shorter one and you see peter parker um, you hear Mary Jane narrating some of the trailer with Peter Parker as if they're having a conversation. Have you seen that one? Yeah. Uh, no, I don't think I've seen that actually. Okay, well, okay, that that's the most recent one. Then it again it ends with Spider Man um, climbing into his room, and it almost sounds as if he's retired from being Spider Man. And MJ and Mary Jane is basically saying like maybe New York needs Spider Man, and there's a conversation between Spider Man and like the police officer that he's working with, um, uh, in helping to to help him protect the city. So you guys haven't seen that trailer, didn't you? No. Nah. No, no, I don't think so. Okay, all right. Um, okay, fair enough. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, t- to be honest, I- I'm happy with it. If it's going to be anything like, if it's going to be anything like the first two Batman games, I- I'm happy with that. It-, it-, it generally doesn't bother me as long as they go into as much detail as the Batman games did as to making New York feel as if it's a living, organic, breathing place. That's what it is. That's the reason for me, the reason why the later Batman games failed. Like it was, I think they tried to expand on too much and they also slightly changed the mechanics of how the characters feel. So I think it's going to cut, I think it's going to boil down to like maybe those two things. And I mean, the story looks decent as enough as it is already, but, um, if they fail on how you deal with the city and how the city is and how Spider-Man himself is able to be controlled, then the game's fucked. S- simple as that. Like I, I would remember, I remember I would just play Batman Arkham Asylum and Batman Arkham City after I'd clocked it. And like I'd, I'd, I'd be with my friend Jonathan and be like, hey, do you want to play Batman? And just drop down into Gotham, just beat some people. And like, and you really felt like you were Batman just cracking skulls. If they can get that, whole feel of how spite of how it feels to control spider-man then then you're halfway there to to get in a good game i think mm. but um, i'm i'm happy with it I'm, I'm i'm really happy with it um i'm a bit surprised that they didn't try to keep it in like in any of the main universes so because it's not it's not comic book and it's not cinematic this is a whole new universe so i wonder how that's going to feel or if that's going to have any form of impact 
um, if they're going to try and bring it into any of the others. Because already, I mean, they've they've already produced a couple of spider. They've produced a, a mobile Spider-Man game, I think, about a year or two years ago, and that Spider-Man game was tied to the Spider-Man comic. And in that Spider-Man, you find out that any form of iteration of Spider-Man that you know, uh, have seen or have heard of, is in one way there. They, they always exist. So Japanese Spider-Man exists. Um, that you know that's. Japanese Spider-Man TV show, Tobey Maguire as a Spider-Man is is is, is a completely different Spider-Man universe, but it exists. So I'm 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 really like intrigued to see what, how this is going to fit in and if they're going to try and expand on that. But um, but yeah, but apart from that, I'm happy. I'm, I'm definitely going to buy it. I'm definitely going to buy the game when it comes out. Cool, cool. Okay, well, listeners, let us know if uh, Spider-Man is on your pre-order list and if you pre-ordered it, and if so, what you're looking forward to as well. Um, we definitely want to know. Um, okay, did you guys see the trailer for uh, Detroit Become Human? Yeah, I just watched it. Um, I'm kind of not fucking bothered just because like, I think it looks like graphically looks great, but I cannot be fucked to play a game that is like a point and click, essentially. Um, and just, I'm just kind of like not asked. Like, I've not played like Heavy Rain or uh, Beyond Two Souls. And I'm I'm just kind of not interested in sit there and pr- press triangle to I don't know stop someone falling off a building or whatever. I just I just can't be asked for that shit. Cool, fair enough. Because <laughs> I was just gonna say I'm really looking forward to it because I actually, <laughs> um heavy rain I played um, and I really liked Beyond Two Souls was messy, um, didn't make a lot of sense. The plot didn't make a lot of sense, and um, as a gameplay experience, I just didn't find it that entertaining. Um, but this kind of seems quite intriguing to me in terms of the, like the story. I mean, like with, with these kind of games, the strength is always in the storyline rather than in the actual game experience itself. Mm. Um, so with those type of games, they they do walk a very fine line. And I, and I take your point. I mean, it's it's you know, gaming is is the kind of thing where you want to you want to feel immersed in the story, but you also want to feel um, you know in control of it too. Um, and sometimes with these types of games, it does feel like it's more the story driving you than you driving the story, if you know what I mean. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I can understand that. Uh, but I was quite looking forward to it. I, it seems quite intriguing. Um, I think it may have a bit of an issue, though, because, you know, we had something very similar in Blade Runner, um, you know, 2049 come out and bomb at the box office, which probably doesn't help. So the the whole kind of like AI and, and Android relationship between Androids and humans and things like that is is something that, you know, um, whilst it's fascinating, it's obviously not that fascinating to a certain core audience. Um, and I suspect that the kind of core audience that this kind of game would attract would be the type of person who would have gone to seen something like that. And judging by the box office numbers for that movie, that it may not be enough. Um, but we'll wait and see, I guess. Um, Rich, did you have any thoughts on it? Um, I wasn't. It's not the type of game that I think I'd buy. It was. It was good. It was. It was the trailer was decent. Um, but like you said, like you, I mean, you've mentioned the other games that, that are, are similar to it, where like it is is really really easy to to just make a like a, a bit of a, a bit of a botched a botched up game. It reminds me of a of a of a, a French game that I played. I had on, I think, on PS3 quite a few years ago called oh, Remember Me? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I played yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, it was like, it was like a, a beautiful looking game. It was. But then, like, what was, what was uh, it called? Remember Me? Oh, I know of that game. 
yeah. yeah yeah like it was a beautiful looking game but the mechanics behind the game which like you said was, was it got to some point where you like you run around and you do this but then you have to just press triangle so it's almost like you know half action half point and click mm. and the mechanics behind it just got a bit cumbersome mm-hmm. so like I, I remember like having the game i'm actually getting bored like about halfway through and getting like as much as i want to see the ending like forget it um so i mean that that's what um this that that detroit game kind of reminded me of whereas like it's a pretty looking game but once again is really going to have to find that that fine line to being like good at everything mm. um for it, for it to be good um sorry yeah yeah um but would, would, will i be um copying it no I, I don't think i'd buy it i think I'd, I'd probably wait for one of you guys to, to purchase it if you do mm. and then you guys can, then you can fill me in cool cool fair enough uh same again listeners like let us know if you're interested in detroit become human and if it's on your list or not um yeah let us know we'd be interested uh okay um what were the other trailers that kind of we had uh god of war resort what happened there did someone drop their dinner plate it wasn't me <laughs> so, yes it was my it was my place someone 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 dropped somebody dropped <laughs> and you know what i'm recording so they can stay dropped <laughs> 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 so we had um yeah god of war which i think is subtitled um the shadow of the colossus or something like that um i'll be honest god of war i was kind of done after god of war 2 i think it was on ps2 uh, which was a lot of fun really good game but you know by that point i was like yeah you know it's 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 finished for me and they still keep plugging away with the god of war franchise um i guess it must have still have its fans out there uh the trailer looked all right i mean visually again it looked impressive um i see they've included uh, kratos's son in the story now um but yeah god of war for me i, I think that's one that i'm gonna pass or, or wait until it goes down on sale or something like that but um either of you boys feel any way about that uh, well, I'm just I'm just watching it now because like I didn't I didn't watch all of the the only the main trailer I watched was The Last of Us Part Two, but like <sighs> God of War like is quite hack and slashy. I've not actually played it myself, but I have played a game that's just like it called Marlow Briggs, which mm. in a Steam sale you can get for like seventy p, and it's actually pretty fun. Um, but uh, but yeah, I think I think it looks all right. Like I think I think the first trailer for it one because uh, it seemed like you know these guys. Like played the last of us and went. Mm, how, can, how can we make? How can we make the character, the player, uh, care about kind of like a non-player character being Kratos's son and whatnot? And I, and I thought they did that whole kind of thing quite well in the lake and all that kind of business. But I mean, I'm just watching the gameplay now and like, you know what? It, it everything looks good, hmm. but it is it is just like hard attack, light attack, hmm. Hmm. and a quick like little QTE or a melee attack or something like that. So I don't know. Maybe it plays better than it looks, mm. but uh, I think from what I've seen on it, I, I, I could easily like if I had a PS4, I could easily wait for it to be on sale <laughs> to mm. buy it. Like it wouldn't have to be like, oh my god, I have to buy it. And I don't think it's bringing anything new to the table. But I think story-wise, it may end up being one of the best gods, God of War games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. I mean, and I knew I normally am a big fan of um, hack and slash games, going all the way back to Golden Axe. Um, you know, I usually love that kind of stuff. So, but yeah, for some reason, this one's just not really excited me that much. Um, Rich, have you any thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I think I agree with both of you uh, in regards to this game. Um, like, it, it generally could be one of those games that just ends up being like a, a sleeper hit. Mm. Like, like, I mean, you know, like how the first Uncharted was, 
yeah. where that came out and, like, and just sold like everyone just said it was just an amazing game and, and it generally was um the like the first trailer was good um, I, I can see what they're trying to do with it to me you know what it looks like it reminds me of the reboot of what's it called of, of tomb raider where you're, uh, you're trying to add yeah yeah like where, where you're trying to add that whole thing of like you know that that personal feeling of like okay i really gotta you know care for this person and this person in game has to care for this person and give you that form of responsibility and, and that's cool like, i don't mind that but the thing about the god of war games is that essentially it was that game it was like hey what do you do yeah you play this guy who got effed over and then what do, what do you do then and you just go through this country or this town or wherever and you just you just fuck shit up and like and i think that's always been the main appeal of the god of war games is that it is simple is you know you, you someone that's been wronged and you're going to right that wrong by doing wrongs to those people that did the wrong to you so I, I'm, I'm 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 interested to see how this big 360 because to me that's what it is it's a big 360 as compared to the other games how this will appeal to older fans and if it will be enough to bring in new fans because it's not really bringing anything new to the table that hasn't been done already like i said i look at that game and the reboot i look at the mechanics of it and the way how it's set up like you said alvin it looks a bit like it could be the last of us where you've got this person walking around with you and they've even done that in like resident evil 4 in some of the levels where you're playing leon kennedy and you have to look after like the president's daughter so they, i think they're gonna have to bring something really really different um to the table to to make it appeal to new and old fans mm-hmm. well I that, think that, that's how i see it yeah, with the inclusion of like his son in there, um, Kratos' his son, I think um, mm. I think he is a playable character as well, and I think like you can kind of evolve his combat uh, skills and, and things like that. So I think he's like a, a his primary weapon is like a bow and arrow or something like that. Mm. Um, so yeah, I mean they've they've added little bits and pieces here and there, but um, yeah, I mean you're you're right, really. The appeal is is um, I think partly to do with the uh use of you know greek mythology and the fact that you know particularly in the early games i mean that's what i loved was that you could you know you could fight hydras you could fight a medusa you could fight a cyclops you could fight you know all of these kinds of things um that, that you read about from greek mythology um so now you're at this stage in the franchise you've really got to try and, and find a way to um to make it interesting for, for someone like me but um yeah well i guess we'll again it's another one we'll have to wait and see wait for some um, some gameplay tests and, and see what happens with that but yeah listeners let us know if you're a god of war fan and if you're looking forward to that at all um yeah let us know share your thoughts all right so we'll come to the the, the big one well this is the big one for me um which was the teaser trailer the second teaser trailer for uh last of us part two um now this one i am looking forward to because i was a, a big fan of the first game um I, the first game was just amazing really in terms of it, the look in terms of you know it had the three things that i really enjoy from this type of a game it had a gripping story um it had a really good characters that i was able to invest in um and the gameplay experience was you know unique enough to feel that it didn't feel repetitive as you went on within the game um this trailer has got a, quite a bit of criticism because it's um you know it's quite graphic and and quite disturbing in terms of the way that um the trailer opens up if you haven't seen it already listeners you can just google it um head over to youtube and just look for the last of us to tease a trailer and you'll see it 
Um, but when I saw it, I was like, am I, you know, am I watching like a, a, a horror movie or am I actually watching like a, a trailer for a video game? Because it, it kind of really blurs the lines um, in terms of what it does. And, and there's specific sequences in that trailer as well that are, as said are very graphic. Um, guys, what did you think of the trailer? Did it like kind of put you off a little bit the way that they kind of have gone quite, um, quite graphic with the violence for a teaser trailer? Um, did that kind of give you an idea of the tone that they're going for? And is that the kind of tone you would find enjoyable playing in, in a video game? Um, Rich, I can start with you. I, th I thought there was nothing wrong with the trailer, to be honest. Uh, people, people who were complaining, I mean, I didn't hear anything. I don't sometimes listen to those type of things. But people who were complaining about the trailer, um, have they not played the first game? Simple as that. Like the first, the first. I'm not saying that the first game is as violent as that. Some, but some pretty heinous shit goes down in the first game. So yeah, yeah. I, I, so I don't, I don't see what, what the, what, what the big noise is about. That's number one. Number two, there've been worse games and or worse. There's been worse violence in games or game trailers. I think what it is is maybe because it was a trailer, but there's been worse violence in games out there. In the in the last what let's say five years alone, let alone. Like ten years when they start when games really started getting graphic, so I saw nothing. I saw nothing wrong with it. Um, I like like I like the fact that it was it was well put together. Like Naughty Dog, just they just really seem to be just winning with everything they put that they're putting out. I mean, I haven't played the latest Uncharted game, but they've just found that formula and, and they they know what they're doing. I, I found the I found the violence no no problem at all. If you don't like it, don't watch it and don't play it. Cool. Um, Alvin, yeah, same question to you, I guess, and, and whether you think this would be a game that you'd be interested in if you were to buy a PS4. Yeah, I thought the trailer was fucking dope, man. You know what I mean? I was watching it going, well, who are these characters? Why are they in this situation? You know what I mean? Who's the antagonist here? Like, what's going on? Like, where is this set in regards to the events uh, between, obviously, the beginning of the very first game and... Obviously, where you get to the end of the uh, of the first game as well, like at what at what point? Because obviously, there's a time skip in it between the very first kind of like scene of The Last of Us to where Joel's with Ellie and whatnot. So, is mm -hmm. it in between that, or is this after that? And you know, is, is it what kind of story is going to be told? So, like when I when I saw that hammer get taken to that woman's hand and all that kind of business, yes, it was brutal. Uh, yes, it got a reaction out of me. Uh, offended by it, it's like. No, those are pixels on a fucking screen, and and not only that, this is not every game can be for all ages. There are some games that have adult themes in them. This is a game for grown-ups, and I didn't think it was excessive. I don't think it took pride in the fact that it was violent, violent. But uh, I think when you're telling a story that takes place in a post-apocalyptic world, yeah. things devolve, society devolves, yeah. we as people yeah. devolve. You know what I mean? So. Although the violence wasn't justified, but in that world, doing that and who those people were, and they seemed kind of like religious nuts to me because they said clipper wings in it one day. So mm -hmm. I thought it was something to do with like religion or something like that. I don't know why I thought that. That just came to my head. But um, but yeah, it's it it was just, they, their actions were just justified for what they were doing. Someone had broken rules, so they're gonna fucking make him pay for it. Those are the rules in that post-apocalyptic world. So why people are getting offended by it? I feel like there's a lot of people on the internet, a lot of outlets on the internet that just like being offended by thing, things for the clicks. But I don't think the people who necessarily write those articles are aware that they're just useful idiots. So 
But I hope Naughty Dog don't change anything. Naughty Dog don't listen to those people. I know um, I think they had a PlayStation uh, put out a statement pretty much saying, look, it's a game for adults. Yes, it mm. was kind of like brutal and that, but this is the story that's being told. Mm. You know what I mean? I think people need to stop fucking... Stop with this bullshit of uh, games make people violent. Stop yeah. with this bullshit that games can't be violent because they, they can be if it's, a, if it's a game for an adult and it deals with adult themes and people under threats. So fucking just suck it up. If you don't if you don't like it, you don't have to play it. And if you don't like it and you do play it and you complain about it, fair enough. At least at least you played it to actually see what was going down and that, but don't take anything out of context. Hmm. Yeah, I think it was like a parents group or something like that that made a lot of complaints. But I mean that's but a, then don't like let the a... kids don't let your kids play it. <laughs> it's that well, simple. Bro, listen, there's as as somebody who used to work in a computer game video uh, retailer uh, once upon a time, um, let me tell you, parents, number one, are clueless. Uh, well, they don't want to blame, though. This is the thing. Clueless. They've got to take, they've got to take like, they, you've got, they've got to be involved with their kid's hobby. If they, yes. if they want to know as to what their kid's getting up to, if the kid does something and they go, yo, the game made them do it, firstly, no, it fucking didn't. Your kid's dumb. And secondly, you need to take an interest in your kid's hobby so you know what's going on in it. You know, I mean, that's what I'm going to do yeah. when yeah, I have they're, kids. They're clueless, so. And they don't listen to you. Like when you're trying to say to them, I, you know, like you, you are aware this game is, is not suitable for kids, right? Yeah, but my little Johnny wants it, doesn't he? So, you know, you know, that's the kind of thing you're dealing with. And yet when they see, when they actually realize what the game is about, that's when they get up in arms and like, oh, you know, my little Johnny's 11 and he shouldn't, he shouldn't be seeing these things. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well... You know, the game is an 18 certificate for a reason. It's the same as a movie. You know, you wouldn't let your little Johnny walk off to the cinema to go and watch, you know, um, a Saw movie or something like that. So you've got to take the same attitude with with games. It's it's an entertainment genre. And, you know, as a form of entertainment, it, it comes in, in various different forms. There are some things that are suitable for some people and some things that are, are not suitable. So as a parent, exercise, you know, some control and, and educate yourself a little bit about what your children are interested in. But anyway, let's stop ranting about that. Because, <laughs> like, yeah, we, we all know parents are dumb anyway, um, including you, Richard. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I really enjoyed the trailer, man. Like, I was like, ooh, this, this looks flipping intense and you know as you said Alv, we've got no idea of, of a sense of time as well so we don't know where exactly in the last of us storyline this this game fits in so it'll be interesting to see kind of where it, it drops in and, and where it goes from here so yep thumbs up for me i think that's one i might have to ask father christmas for as well um so yeah i'll be uh, adding that to the list and, and checking that out but listeners if you're a fan of the last of us and you like the look of the last of us too as well um let us know again and we'd love to hear from you um so with all of that done, I mean, we've covered, kind of carried the, the main stuff from like the AAA titles that they talked about. Um, there was a couple of other announcements for slightly smaller games. Um, unfortunately, we're biased here and we're short on time, so we're not going to spend the whole time going through the whole um, lot. So yeah, that's your lot. But you can read more about what was released on uh, Paris Games Week on the internet anyway. It's all out there. So um, just pop onto Google and type in Paris Games Week 2017 and you'll get the, the full details of everything that was there. Okay, let's move on, though. Um, one of the things that did pop out from that was, um, you know, obviously the big push on the PS4 Pro, um, which, for those who don't know, is the 4K version of uh, the PlayStation 4 console. Um, now, 4K for, you know, 
for those who don't know what 4K is, long story short, it's an improved or, or the industry says it's an improved and enhanced um, way of enjoying images on your TV screen. So in order to have 4K, um, you'd need to have a 4K compatible TV. And then if you want to game in 4K, then you need to either, you know, build yourself a gaming PC with 4K in it or to buy a, a 4K console. Um, now, we recently had uh, release Microsoft release the uh, Microsoft Xbox One X, um, which is 4K compatible. Um, and I can't remember how much that's actually retailing for. Do you know how much it's going for, Alvin? 500 pounds. Five, ooh, 550 yeah, yeah. pounds for an Xbox One X. <laughs> sorry, sorry, hold on. Sorry, did, did, you, did you say 500 pounds? Because I thought you said, suck my dick. <laughs> <laughs> Well, my question was going to be, um, are you guys willing to pay for a 4K console? But I think, given by your answers, the, the, the simple answer to that is no. <laughs> you know what? Actually, sorry, it's £50 less. It's £449.95. Um, but uh, I, I would pay for that if that was 2013. You know what I mean? If this was 2013 mm. and, you know, the, the, the PS4 Pro was the standard version of the PS4 uh, and the Xbox One X was the standard Xbox One, then I, I would pay that amount. If those consoles in 2013 did 4K ga gaming at, the, at that time, I, I would I would have gladly paid that amount. But this is kind of too little, too late for me now. It's like I'm not I'm not going to buy that. The only point I can see buying this is like I don't know towards the end of its lifespan. If I wanted mm. to like have a bit of an upgrade in that for a, like 200 quid or whatever, but no, half a grand almost. No, like I can I think anyone who's not got one who has the money can obviously obviously they'll 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 get it. You know, I mean, if they desperately want an Xbox for any reason, but there's, there's kind of really no reason to buy Xbox an Xbox at the moment. There really isn't. As for someone who's got one, there's there's no reason. There's no exclusives to buy. Like there's exclusives, but there's no reason to really buy one other than one in 4K fucking Blu-ray and all that shit. Mm -hmm. And then of course you've got to spend money on a 4K compatible TV. As yeah, well. exactly. Yeah. Well, if you, well, if you well, want well, to not get just that, if you want to get a true, sorry, sorry, yeah, yeah. So well, just well, if you want to get a true, obviously, hundred percent thing. Yeah. Well, well, the thing is, I mean, well, I mean, obviously, if you, to have that, you got to, you got to have the TV. But the the main thing is that you have to be that gamer. That's what it is. You have to be that gamer who's going to say, well, listen, how much? Like, I've got a PS4. I play every so often. I've I've still I've still got like I think the game I'm playing right now is is Destiny One, and I'm still playing Final Fantasy Fifteen. Every so often, I'll pop it on, and I'll be like, okay, then cool. I don't consider myself a gamer anymore. Like, like you said, so you can have the machinery, but you have to be that gamer. Like, you know, if, if I had, if I had 500 pounds to spare, I'm not sure if I'd get the, the, that, you know, that PS4 Pro or the, the Xbox, what do you want to call it? Because I don't play that machine like that anymore. Actually, so now that I, you say that, I think it's a title, yeah. Xbox, whatchamacallit. I think that sounds <laughs> yeah, really, Xbox, really good. <laughs> Xbox, whatchamacallit, he stole some money from my account. That's what <laughs> <laughs> Xbox Daylight Robbery is what you're doing. <laughs> Daylight Robbery, mate. But yeah, no, no. So I, yeah, so, I, I yeah, so that, that, that's the thing, yeah. Mm. Yeah, he so, guys, he guys. It's it's a lot of outlay they're asking for in terms of as I said the, the kind of money you have to spend, you know, just on the console and then to get the television and all of that. The gubbins, it's just, 
it's a bit much, but I'm sure there's there's a few lucky kids out there whose parents love them dearly and will go out and buy it for them. But um, yeah, for us old grizzled veterans, yeah, yeah, we <laughs> we're gonna give that one a miss. But let us know. I mean, maybe someone out there who's listening has got a 4K console and thinks it's the shit. In which case, like, let us know, man. Like, tell us, tell us how you're getting on with it and what your experiences are. Um, for me, yeah, I mean, I like. As you know, I'm a Yakuza fan, so I've got Yakuza Kiwami. I, I started playing it and then stopped, um, but I'm still kind of working my way through that. Um, and then I bought what did I get? What else did I get recently? I got Pro Evolution Soccer uh, 2018 because fuck FIFA. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I got that, and um, that's me. That'll probably be me for the next six months, you know, until some of these other AAA titles come out next year um like yeah that, that that's me as you said rich we we don't have time for this kind of stuff mm. anymore you know we adult now so there really ain't time to to invest well, in well, well not not just that i mean like i don't think there's that many games out there like that mm. that that um like like i said i mean when i when i do get that game so i mean if if that if it's like an uncharted game or something like that like it's it's known it's in the house okay i've got this game this is what i'm going to be playing but there's not enough games out like out there like that anymore to warrant me spending five hundred pounds on a console. That's what it is. That 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 that's what the main thing is. Like, it's, mm. I think it's just it's just not worth it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair point, man. Fair point. Well, that segues me along nicely because um, the last topic for the evening, um, which we'll touch on quickly as well, um, is kind of inspired by like a little chat me and you had, Richard. Uh, I think it was last week. Um, where you kind of posed the, the question, which was, um, is Mario relevant anymore? Uh, <laughs> those of you who don't know, wow. talking about Super Mario, um, you know, the Nintendo character and the flagship of, of the Nintendo brand and franchise for many years. Um, it, the reason he kind of brought that up was because of, you know, it was at the time that the, uh, the latest Mario title, Super Mario Odyssey, was about to launch in the UK. Well, according to the business world, like <laughs> Super Mario Odyssey is selling like hotcakes because apparently it's the the one of the top selling games in North America right now. Um, in Japan, they went crazy for it. I couldn't find any European sales figures um, or like kind of whole uh, whole figures for it. But according to the retailers over here, it's it's doing pretty well as well. Um, and it's one of the things that seems to be kind of driving sales on the Nintendo Switch. Um, so it seems as if there's still a, a loyal fan base out there for Mario and that they were, I guess, kind of just waiting for the right game for him to come along in the right game. And as long as that happens, then, you know, um, people are up for it. Cause even Mario Kart, Mario Kart 8, I don't think has really kind of, um, captured the imagination, but this game seems to be the one that that's doing it. Um, mm. Yeah, it seems to really be the one that, that people are, are falling for. So, Rich, I mean, you were the one who originally posed the question. Um, do you feel that Mario is still relevant? Bear in mind that, he, you know, he is selling quite well now with, for this uh, Super Mario Odyssey, or do you think that's just kind of a flash in the pan and they got that? Um Well, the thing is, I mean, well, the reason why, why I was asking is that it's just that I don't remember the last Mario game that I played or that I found. I was like, oh, wow, I really need to play that Mario game. Um, I mean, in, in, as, as to what you were saying about the Mario Odyssey game, I think it's the fastest selling was the fastest selling Mario game, or it's got like 
sold the fastest units of a Mario yeah, game yeah, like been. ever or something like that as well. Like yeah, so it yeah. so essentially it's killing it right now. Like I mean like stats stats don't lie. And they're basically and also from what I've read as well, like little blurbs here and there, I still haven't read any full reviews. Um but it's uh it's meant to be one of the best, if not the best Mario game. Like uh, I don't know, I think they were saying since Super Super Mario sixty four or some or something crazy. Yeah. Um but then this comes down to the thing as well of like because i don't know anybody that actually owns a nintendo machine anymore and um i i'd like to see i want to know who's buying the nintendo switch yeah. that's what i want that's what i want to know because there seems to be don't forget there's a, a there's a, a big culture now of grizzled gamers buying machines and just killing the shit out of these games yeah. so um it's funny so, like, you say that because um, yeah. sorry to cut you, but um, no, 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 you say that because it, it just triggered a memory. Because on our um, usual commute, you know, we we normally take the um, tube to work, listeners. So, for those of yeah. you that don't know, um, on our on the commute on Tuesday, I saw a guy who, if I look just going by looks, looked about his early forties mm. um, on the tube. And he was holding something and like furiously pressing buttons. And so I kind of glanced over to see what he was doing yeah and um but i just assumed you know he was probably playing candy candy crush or something like that um and then i looked down and i realized he had a nintendo switch in his hand and he was mm. playing super mario odyssey yeah and i was like hmm, i didn't expect to see you know he looked like a proper suited and booted geezer he didn't look mm. like the kind of guy who would be you know of all things be playing a nintendo switch and yet there he was on the train playing his nintendo switch yeah yeah so maybe they've you know, I don't know whether it's the, the, the game Super Mario Odyssey or, or um, you know, it's the strength of the Nintendo brand. But in some way, it seems that they've been able to do what they've been trying to do for, for years and, and failed spectacularly with the Wii U, um, which is to they've been able to kind of grab a, a piece of that, you know, that grizzled gamer market that you yeah. talked about. So, mm. Yeah, it's interesting. Because the only reason I'm saying this as well is just because... Like I said, I, I don't hear like you know I don't hear kids talk about Nintendo Switch. I hear them. I hear them talk about PS4, or they talk about you know like the Xbox. I, I haven't heard any kids talking about about Nintendo Switch. Um, I do know somebody who's got the Nintendo Switch and they bought it recently, but once again, like he he's our age. That's Matty, Matty from work bought a Nintendo Switch. I think I think two weeks ago, and he was like, "Oh, I bought a Nintendo Switch. Where, do you know where I can get some good games?" I was like, "CEX." And he's like, yeah, I, t- I told the missus that um, I got it, you know, you know, for the family and for the boy. And I was like, I was like, dude, your, your boy's younger than mine. And my boy's five. Like, <laughs> you know, so, yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, it's, so like I said, so I think so they've tapped into that, into that grizzled market. I think that, I think that's what they pulled off really, really well. Um, it'd be interesting. I mean, the, I mean, this, this is a bit of a shameless plug for my Yamada, but they're going to be doing like a, a game launch pad in December. So when we go there, I mean, maybe we can, you know, have a look and see, see, you know, see what the deal is. Pick some brains as well. Maybe we can have a, have a, like a little follow up to to this um to this to this thing that we're doing now. Mm-hmm. For sure, for sure, yeah, man. Big up to the guys from Mayamada as well. Um, yeah, the gamepad event is coming up soon, so we'll give you some more information about that, listeners, because um, it really is exciting. So if you're in the UK and, and you're looking for something different. Um, a social event where you can meet other gamers and you know just kind of relax and, and get to know other people 
um, then it's definitely a, a good look. So we'll give you some more details on that coming forward. But yeah, you're right. Um, we'll definitely need to uh, have a chat with Nigel and see how he's been getting on because I know he recently got Super Mario Odyssey as well. Um, so yeah, it'd be interesting mm. to see what he thinks of it because um, he's a really big Nintendo fan. So yeah, it'd be interesting. Um, sorry, Alvin, I've not even like brought you in on this. Uh, any thoughts? Uh, yeah, I mean, essentially it's like you got to give credit where it's due. And when it comes to like Nintendo and Mario, they're mm. always kind of like somehow managed to stay on formula, but then also weirdly innovate. You know what I mean? Which is like the complete opposite of Sonic. Mm. You know what I mean? Anytime yeah. Sonic deviates, it kind of usually ends up pretty bad. I mean, a lot of the most recent Sonic games have been awful, apart from uh, Sonic Mania, which essentially was a 2D remake uh, with new levels of like older Sonic games. So, I mean, mm. yeah, I mean, big up to Nintendo, really. Uh, like, and like what you're saying, like, uh, again, I don't, I don't think it's a, it's a, it's a kind of kids thing. I think there's Nintendo fans. I think they tend to be older people who stuck with Nintendo since NES and SNES and whatnot and that kind of stuff and Game Boy and uh, for some reason have just not looked back since and they'll always buy a, a Nintendo console and you know what it's it's going to shift a lot of uh, a lot a lot more switches I think over over Christmas because it's obviously here in time for the holidays so uh, I think it was actually good for them to launch with Zelda and space out the Mario um, for later on in the year. Mm. Um, yeah, all I can say is like congratulations to them. Uh, yeah, again, I don't really know anyone that's bought. There's no one in my immediate kind of like life that I know who's bought a Switch at all. I have no idea. I think it's doing pretty well. Most of the Switch streamers I see on uh, on on YouTube and stuff tend to be guys who are or at least twenty. You know what I mean? And above, they never seem to be kind of like any younger than that. But but yeah, fair play to him. Fair play to him. And is Mario relevant? Kind of. It's kind of a two-prong question. I think no and yes. I think Mario's a character, no. But in terms of innovation and game design, yes. Mm -hmm. Do you I think? think, do you think yeah, do, um, just just because I was just thinking about that when you were talking about that, because we've kind of deviated and just spoken about the Switch. There's only you, Alva, that's really kind of touched upon the actual character of Mario. Do you think the whole thing of Mario, the reason why maybe he still works as well, apart from the whole being, you know, you know, even though he is is innovative, um, the innovative games that, that Nintendo keep putting him out with, do you think Jason and Al is because he's a link back to our childhood? Maybe when games weren't so rough and ready. So you know what they're sort of thing is that it's not every day gun gun bang bang. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> like sometimes you just want that that cutesy coloured you know you know like you know cartoon kind of graphics where you just jump on a tortoise shell. And get like a cape, and you can fly from left to right. Sometimes, maybe, maybe, maybe that's the reason why Mario has stayed relevant. Mm. Because with, like you said about the whole Sonic character, they have at some points they've tried to age him, and sometimes turning him to like a teenager, and they've given him like certain and certain games have kind of changed his attitude and and how he acts, and like they've tried to make him a bit a bit of a badass or a bit of a wise ass. Um, whereas like with Mario, Mario give or give or take has stayed the same. Like I said, they haven't deviated from the character of Mario. They've, devi they've deviated from the type of games that are, are put out there. Um, but, 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 the, but they've done it well. So maybe that's what it is. Maybe Mario is just that, that, bright, that bright light that reminds us the, the, you know, of simpler times of games. But the games are still good. Mm. Maybe that's the reason why he's still relevant. Or the, maybe the reason why he still works as a character. 
I don't know. That, that just popped into my head. Mm. No, no. I think that's an excellent point. Um, yeah, I think that that would certainly explain why you see um, so many older gamers, i.e., you know, sort of people of around our age group, um, mm. you know, really super passionate about Mario, um, because of, of that nostalgia effect, I guess, and because at its best, you know, Mario as a character kind of represents um, simplistic fun. You know, which, like you said, not every day is a, you know, not every day is a warting blood. You know, so mm-hmm. you've got, a, you want to just have a, some simple fun and pick something up, play it, and you know, it, it doesn't have to be too complex. You don't have to overthink things. You can just kind of pick it up, have a bit of fun, run around a, a brightly coloured, you know, world, collect things, complete little mini missions, and you know, and, and, and that that kind of thing is it will always be appealing and and be appealing to many different age groups so yeah i think you've got a point there um alf sorry i forgot what his question was oh just about you know do do you think the appeal of of mario and the enduring appeal is is kind of based in you know nostalgia and and the memories of of uh, what nintendo did with that character all those years ago in you know in super mario brothers and, and things like that I think for people our age, definitely, because it's like I I can't think of anyone my age who hasn't played a Super Mario game. Mm. You know what I mean? Who's a gay who who plays games who hasn't played a Super Mario? I mean, obviously, there's people our age who haven't played Super Mario who aren't into games. But people who have played games, everyone remembers like playing a Super Mario game at some point. You know what I mean? In their uh, in their younger years, like I'm sure I'm what's the five or six playing the first Super Mario game like that I ever played, and it would have been like Super Mario Brothers. Uh, and and yeah, it's just like I don't know. It's that simplicity they've just carried it over to uh, to all the different iterations they've been, and and yeah, it just it just works, man. It just works. It's like I, I don't I'm like I don't know how to pull it off. Like I feel sorry for Sonic Team who do all the Sonic games just because all Sonic does is go fast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's 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 pretty hard to kind of like. You wouldn't expect it to be hard to put into a three D space, but it but it kind of is. They've kind of not found a way to kind of make going fast in a 3D space fun. Like, if you look mm. at any 3D Sonic game, there's a lot of stopping and starting. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I, don't, uh, it's just, I, don't, I don't know. Mario doesn't even, he barely even says anything. I mean, there's a bit of a story in a game, but it's going to be the most babyish, simplistic, straightforward story that there is. But I don't know, man. They're just, it's like someone's shitting magic into fucking <laughs> the game, you know what I mean? And just like, I don't know, just this fucking thing comes out and it's like a wonder, you know what I mean? And everyone just like fucking digs it. I don't, I don't know how to do it. I don't know. But yeah, I think there's a lot of nostalgia in there, but it's also, it's not carried 100% on nostalgia. It's it's also kind of the new shit that they bring to the table. Same goes mm. for Mario Kart as well, by the way, because like, that, the, the, I mean, I think this newest, well, I say the newest one, because it's actually just a redo. It's the same game essentially as the the last one that was on the Wii. Uh, but yeah, even Mario Kart does new things, man, and people fucking love that shit as well. It's just I don't know how to do it all, all the time, Mario, man. And they've done the same shit with Zelda now as well, obviously as well with uh, Breath of the Wild and that. Just reinvented it somehow, and everyone's just like going fucking nuts for it. Yeah. I don't know, man. I, I just I don't know. I could just I think it's magic. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> hmm. I think it's actual magic, like voodoo, juju. Yeah, yeah, juju. yeah, yeah. I think it's like that's. I think it's magic. So I think I think there's some like Japanese wizards <laughs> blessing games and shit, and they just come out, <laughs> come out quality. That's what I think it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah Nintendo definitely um, cracked that formula, man. They they definitely did, and they did it a long time ago. Um, 
and they've got kept us hooked ever since. Um, well, yeah, yeah, I think definitely Mario is relevant, but that segues us nicely as well into the question of the week. Now, for those of you who have been following us for a while now, um, you should know by now that we put out a question um, on social media all the time, um, usually a couple of days before we record, um, because, you know, we want to hear from you, the listeners, and we want to know, like, you know, what you think about certain things. So the question of the week was a simple one, really. It was just for you to tell us about your first uh, console love. So the first kind of console that you owned at home that you really loved, um, and you really, you know, had like strong memories with. Um, Rich, I know you said the PS2. Um, yeah. Yeah, that would probably be the same for me on balance as well when I look at it. Um, although I, I, I do have a, a real soft spot for the PS1 as well hmm. um, because of Metal Gear Solid. But yeah, PS2 would, would probably be the one for me. Um, Al, for you? Uh, it's got to be Dreamcast. Uh, I think it's a heavily underrated console. Uh, it was very arcadey, which meant, you know, you could pop in one game for like 20 minutes, bang in something else, you know what I mean? Shit like Crazy Taxi and all that kind of stuff. Like, I had a, mm. a great time on the Dreamcast, man. Like, especially because I bought mine to when it was dying as well. So I got mine for cheap, like pre-owned. And then I had a mate who had loads of games. He just lent me all his old freaking games. And I, I had a blast. Shenmue, fucking quality. Mm. Yeah, I remember Shenmue, and that was a classic. They're still trying to get that, like the the, the, yeah, the, the I'm sure this campaign is still going on Twitter to get Shenmue. Like, oh well, it, yeah. it's in production. It is, it's, the and, and they're making another part. Yeah, yeah, yeah they the, started the one already. Three, but it, the, the trailer it it makes it look shit. Like the graphics just look crap because it's because it's all obviously funded from like Kickstarter and whatnot. Yeah, it's all crowdsourced, just, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it just looks low quality. No, that's a shame. That's a shame. Oh, well, well, anyway, yeah, yeah, I said we we got our listeners involved. So listeners, thank you to all of you who got involved with this. Um, I said we love hearing from you, man. So please do get in touch with us and, and let us know what you think about things. Um, I'll tell you how to do that in a minute. But first of all, let's go through some of the answers that we got. Um, so the Just In Time podcast, uh, big up to yourselves, they said the PS1. Um, Cinema Bushido said uh, ColecoVision. It's like, wow, you're showing your age there, but respect. Um, Kung Fu Drive-In said the Nintendo Entertainment System. Um, Jed, our buddy Jed, said the Master System, but deep down he wanted a Mega Drive, really. Hmm. Um, Carl BG on Twitter said uh, the Atari 2600. Um, he still remembers playing Pong vividly. Uh, Mikey B said Nintendo 64. Um, Daniel Nye from Twitter, big up yourself. He said the Sega Mega Drive. Um, Eddie Lewis from Twitter said the PS2. Uh, hey, down in front podcast said the N64, uh, which is a classic as well. Bloody classic console. Um, Simon R. Photography said Super Nintendo. Uh, Basement Condition said the Nintendo NES system. Uh, David O on Twitter said um, his first love was the Atari 2600, although he feels very strongly about the SNES as well, so he's kind of torn between the two. Um, and he mm. said his daughter has a PS2, which he absolutely adores, apparently. So oh, man. It's good on you for keeping it retro and starting them young as well, man. Um, Damon from Twitter said the N64. Uh, Longbox Scavenger said the N64. Uh, Salodi Green said the Nintendo Game Boy Color. Um, I think that was the best. Oh, we could include oh, handhelds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, That's shit. Uh, let's see. Mr. Cross um, said Super Nintendo. 
Uh, Andy Bleak said the Sega Dreamcast. Uh, Rebecca hey. Thomas said the N64. Uh, Tiago George said the Dreamcast. So there was another vote for the Dreamcast. Um, London Kenochi said the Super Nintendo and the Game Gear um, because she was spoiled and she got two. Uh, okay. Jesus. Game Gear. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> batteries, man. Uh, Jake Dreamer said the PS1. Um, Andreas said the Mega Drive. Uh, the homie DJ Mactiel said the Mega Drive. Uh, you at Dan said the PS1. Um, and we had Orlando Alley and Yellow Rage Attacks both just say PlayStation, which doesn't tell me shit. So both of y'all are dumb. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, we had like some really good answers there, man, and, and quite a cross section as well, which was interesting because you had everything from a a flipping Coleco vision right up to you know uh, the PS2. So really, really interesting. Well, t- well, I'll tell you what. Sorry, I'll tell you what we were missing. What I'm, I'm surprised nobody mentioned. Um, nobody mentioned Neo Geo, or if you were going to mention handhelds, <laughs> anybody here remember the Neo Geo? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That that, but yeah, but don't <laughs> yeah, um, the Neo Geo and the Atari Lynx. You guys remember the Atari Lynx? Yeah, that was okay. a, a weird <laughs> thing as well. The Atari. <laughs> everybody in school got so hyped about it. Oh yeah, it's, it's got better graphics than the um, what's the Sega handle called? The uh, Game Gear. Yeah, yeah, the Game Gear. Yeah, it's got better graphics than the Game Boy. Yeah, but the games are shit, and the battery don't last. <laughs> <laughs> like, you turn that thing on, the, the the flipping logo boots up, and then it but it died afterwards. Like, there's a reason why nobody likes that shit. So yeah, man, it, it was um, real interesting to to get all of those answers back. A lot of love for Nintendo on there, which kind of, I guess, partly explains Mario's enduring success as mm. well, because it shows how many people, you know, had their first experience with the Nintendo brand. So yeah, Nintendo know what they're doing, man. They do know what they're doing. Cool. All right, well said. Thanks a lot, everybody, for getting involved in that. Uh, if you do want to be involved in the next question of the week, uh, all you need to do is make sure that you follow us uh, on our social media. So on Twitter, you can find us at Woolock Talks, on Facebook, um, Woolock Talks Podcast, and on Instagram, Woolock Talks as well. So yeah, just and as I said, you'll, you can get involved in the questions. We post them out all the time. Um, and please do get involved because we love hearing from you, the listeners, as well. Okay, well, that's going to wrap it up for this episode, I think. So um, let's get ready to say our goodbyes. But before we go, uh, I just want to say a big happy birthday to a friend of ours and a listener as well, Andy Bleak. So big yourself up, man. Happy birthday. Um, Rich, did you have any birthday shout outs you wanted to give for anyone? Uh, Any birthday shout outs? Nope, apart from mine's on the 20th. So I'll give myself an advanced shout out. So yeah, it's all about me. Yeah, Richard is a narcissist, so uh, yeah, lots of like self-love going on right up until his birthday. So, <laughs> um, Alvin, uh, anything you're up to over the coming weeks? Anything going on with your YouTube channel you want to talk about? Or oh yeah, just regular content every uh, every few days, uh, mostly comic book focused. Uh, and every now and again, I'll deviate and do something different, but. Um, but yeah, if you want to check that out, that's uh, youtube.com forward slash big a the man geek and uh, yeah, Twitter, Instagram at big a 85 gl. Wicked, Rich. Uh, where can people holler at you, man? Instagram, Rich Reviews, uh, on Twitter, Rich Reviews, and also obviously, um, you can find us on the Wulong Talks on Instagram as well and on Twitter, Wulong Talks, mm-hmm. uh, and on uh, the blog, 
website www.willandhorse.com as well i always try and say that cool like you know how they used to say it on tv shows um when they used to give addresses for like they're like yeah get up for catch us on going live and blah 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 blah, blah. But it just doesn't feel the same. But yeah, that's where you can find <laughs> find us. <laughs> you, need, you need to work on your technique, bro. Yeah, I think I think so. That's it. More, you'll get it, you'll get more it. textbook narcissism practicing that shit. <laughs> All right, people. Well, um, as I said, it's been a lot of fun as always. But yeah, we're gonna call this one. Uh, uh, gonna wrap this one up, I guess. Yeah, call it a day, man. Let's end this. So. Thanks a lot for listening. Make sure you subscribe to um, all of our channels. You can find us on YouTube, on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, A-Class. Um, wherever you listen to us, please leave us a like, a review. Let us know what your thoughts are. Um, and if you know other people who like it, then share it with them as well. All right, I'm out. So I'm going to say good night. Say good night, Alvin. Good night. Uh, say good night, Rich. See you later. Cool. And we're out of here, people. Until next week, we'll see you later. Peace. <laughs>